founders. Welcome back to the Zero to 5,000 podcast, where we obsess over the convergence of human potential and business results. Today, our hosts, Drew McClure and Jordan Mitchell, have another insightful conversation for you. So let's jump right in. Okay, founders, welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'm sitting down with Lucas Martinez, a co-founder and co-CEO of Talent.com currently out of Barcelona, Spain. Talent.com is a fast-growing global player in next-generation job search platforms that is connecting the world to work. With more than 30 million jobs available in 78 countries and 29 languages, Talent.com's proprietary technology matches job seekers with relevant job opportunities, while its pay-per-click model helps recruiters easily adjust their job advertising campaigns based on performance. The company presently has more than 400 employees in six different countries. The son of Spanish immigrants living in Switzerland, Martinez found Talent.com in 2011 with his fellow co-founders he met while in graduate school, Maxim Drew and Benjamin Filion. The team quickly scaled the startup, achieving an average growth rate of up to 100% annually, greatly exceeding the industry average. And here to share his journey and lessons learned along the way is Lucas. So Lucas, my friend, thank you for being here. Hey, Drew. Thanks very much for, for having me here today, sir. Absolute pleasure to be here. Well, my, we, we took our stab at kind of understanding a little bit of your journey, but um, in your own words, how'd this thing get started? Well, um, it's, a, it's a story of three friends, uh, three friends that were pretty much traveling all around the world and, and always had this... Uh, um, this idea of, uh, of, you know, becoming entrepreneurs and, and, and working together in something huge. Um, and so the, the story goes like we, Max and Ben actually met in Switzerland and I met Max as well in Switzerland. So Max and Ben met, yeah, during high school. Um, and I met Max during, you know, uh, university, uh, college here in Geneva in Switzerland. Um, so the common, common ground here is, is Geneva in Switzerland. And, um, and then Ben actually, uh, he was a son of diplomats and he was traveling all around the world. He lived in some Canada, but lived in Africa um, quite a few years of his life and in Switzerland as well. Then wanted to, to move back to Montreal and uh, he, he went back there. Um, always kept in touch with, with, with Max. Um, and Max and I actually, after graduating here in Geneva, we both actually ended up in London. Uh, he was working in, in, uh, in, um, in the hedge fund industry, like in finance. And I was actually working uh, as a consultant, as an ERP consultant, an Oracle consultant, and traveling the world. Um, and, uh, and, you know, Max was always telling me about Ben, like, hey, you got to meet this guy. He's got like an amazing innovator. Um, I, I want to I wanna invest in this guy. I think he's, uh, he's going he's to do great things. And, uh, and, and, and this is when, you know, like Ben had this idea of, um, of creating a, a, a job aggregator. Um, Max already had invested in a, in a prior, um, smaller, I would say, venture that Ben uh, created and learned how to code. It was a car, a, a car transfer lease website. Um, and this is pretty much how he learned how to code because he was an economist by trade, right? And so um, Max invested in him and was telling me about how this uh, how how this was going. And then he told me, "Listen, now he." He's really into creating a job aggregator. Um, he wants to create a place where every single job would be displayed for every single candidate pretty much all around the world. 
Um, and so the premise was like, hey, let's let's have a place where we can have all jobs from every single career website, job site, or placement agency into one place. Um, a bit like a Google for jobs, basically. And so this sounded pretty exciting and was telling me about it. And at that time, I just had moved to to Dubai. Um, Max was in was was still in London. I was working. I started a career in sales. I realized that enterprise sales was for me. I I always been uh, close to people, an extrovert, loved the traveling. And so I thought that this was for me. So I was basically selling um, uh, English language courses to corporations and governments in the in the GCC area in the Middle East, based out of Dubai. And uh, and uh, and this is when Max told me, "Listen, he." My, Ben is creating this job site. I think it's time for us to to uh, to join, right? And so uh, at that time, I, I had heard of Ben like so many times so, for so many years, and I went to meet Ben uh, in in Montreal. Uh, and you know, like I was in Dubai. I still remember the day. Like it was like it was super warm, like something like eighty degrees or something like that. And uh, and I've, <laughs> I arrived in Montreal. It was minus thirty. Um, and, uh, and it was the first time I set foot in Canada and we hit it off like straight away. I came to get me at the airport and then obviously we started laughing at Max because obviously like we're close friends uh, on both sides and <laughs> I think this is how we found the common ground and like straight away hit it off and, and, um, and from that moment on began a great friendship, packed my bags, um, from Dubai and just moved to Montreal in January, 2011. And this is when we started. I was the I was a sales guy. Ben was the IT guy. Max was pretty much like this, you know, like the 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 early investor, I'd say. And he went mm. to Max went to do an MBA um, in Spain in Madrid. And this is when I uh, when he basically after one year he joined us. Um, and uh, and 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 yeah, that's how we got reunited in Montreal and got uh, the company started. Wow. I mean, just the beginning. <laughs> of what you were telling me sounded like the beginning of like a spy movie or something. The amount of <laughs> the amount of countries that you just mentioned and places that people <laughs> grew up or and then moved here and then went there, uh, I think is unique to the more uh, European and you know eastern part of the world. Even just being here, that's so unfamiliar to us. Like, there's not many people that I know that <laughs> were in multiple countries. Is that somewhat normal? Just I guess because the access to the other countries, being able to just travel to here and jump over to here yeah i think it's not necessarily normal in the sense that i think people usually move for economic reasons um mm. i don't think people like to people like to have experience i think to in other places um but as as, as for us at least max and i would like to travel um we really we wanted to yeah, we wanted to have these experiences like you know you come from a very wealthy country that switzerland is and we wanted to see something else. You know, most people here in Switzerland is a bit like in the US, you know, or in Canada, where um, you have opportunities, you can actually work there, uh, you can have a good life there. Um, and so in Switzerland, we pretty much had the same. But, you know, I, I, I was, um, I, you know, Max and I always liked the traveling and actually Ben as well. And so, because he was a son of diplomats, so he was, he was always moving around. So That's wild. we always had this idea of, you know, you know, creating a, this, this, uh, that the world was pretty much our playground, so we thought, like, hey, we gotta, we gotta create a, a global, a global company here. Yeah. So when you flew, when you flew to Montreal, and you hear more about this idea, you've already got a career. You've already got, you know, something going. What was it that convinced you to take the risk to quit what you were doing and and kind of hop onto this budding venture? 
Hey, the thrill, the thrill. I'm mm. all about experiences. I think when you, when you're in your twenties, what you have to, you need to put forward experience, not necessarily, you know, um, money or your finances. I think like going for experiences, learning new languages, new cultures is what matters the most. Um, and on the way, make sure you don't stay too long in places where you don't want to stay as a job, you know, like, because I think as a young person, what you, you, you don't know what you don't know. So what, what you know is usually what you don't like. And slowly you specifically business graduates, uh, like me, <laughs> uh, where we don't really know where we, where, where we're going to excel when we are, when we're kids. Right. And so by having multiple experiences, um, you know, going to different places, trying different jobs, I think that it pinpoints you into the right direction. And what I knew was that I, I wanted to live this, um, entrepreneur life. And so when you are young, um, it's some, I, I would say it's sometimes easier. Um, maybe you don't have that much knowledge, but you don't have kids. Um, and you know, you don't have, the yeah, you don't have the lower, responsibility. Right? The risk is a lot lower. And so things don't go well, you can always go back to, to, to your job. Um, and I think that's really what's motivated us. Once you start having a family, the risk is, 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 is other. What was it like at the beginning? Was it exciting off to the races? Was it challenge after challenge? Like what were those early days like? Oh, it was terrible. It was really hard because like, imagine, you have to imagine that Ben was learning, someone that learned how to code. So by himself, you know, like he's, he's a very innovative guy and a passionate guy about like what, what he does and managed to, to learn how to code by himself. And I was basically trying to monetize and in a country I never, I, I didn't even know. So, you know, like I was calling the equivalent of Walmart in Canada to just to sell. And, and, and I thought they were it was a bank, you know, I was pretty much cold calling 150 calls a day, changing the model, um, you know, like, um, pretty much like every single two months, the business model. Um, wow. but I think that it was a good thing. That's the only way you, you can learn, you know, while people build business plans over six months, I already failed like 10 times. Um, <laughs> and so that really, that really got me going because I, 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 I we understood the business model that was going to work after one year, after failing at all the others. And many of our competitors were already having great success with other models. But in 2010, the world was already going in a different place and you couldn't mm. actually monetize like you would monetize in the 90s or the early 2000s in our space. And so that really forced us to really adapt. And I think that that being a bit naive and not too smart, you know, not not to take take yourself too seriously like when you you when you launch something was was key because it allowed us to pivot and pivot and pivot until until we got it but we were that close from going bankrupt like really really close really was, oh yeah yeah after after one year i we were up i remember days like crying because we were not gonna make it and uh and and we were lucky because right before going bankrupt um, max was doing an mba and we like to call him the rain at the time we used to call him the rainmaker because he was uh, he was very good with investors uh, a lot of charisma and uh, he spent spent an awful amount of time in madrid looking for investors to make it happen for us here in in in, in um in montreal managed to convince some business in angels and at that time we had the business model um, and we, we already started to show some growth, some momentum, because that first year we sold for $50,000 Canadian. 
Mm. Um, and, 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 and by Q2 uh, 2012, we were already at that run rate um, at 50,000 because we switched the model and we started to really show results, basically making money while we were sleeping to mm. basically switch to a paper performance model, paper click. Um, and that really got us going and allowed us to really, you know, sign those business angels because in what we were doing is what it was really hard um to to to, to raise my money and we were not that sophisticated you know we were not kids from the us that were into the valley and understood the game no we were just like entrepreneurs that you know it was a job search website but it could have been a restaurant <laughs> you know it's just that yeah. we were we were not from the industry and so we had to learn everything but that really allowed us again to 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 surpass what we knew and 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 get it right well, man, something that you've mentioned has been mentioned several times as a theme on here, and I want to just keep touching on it. The six months that sometimes people take, it's just an arbitrary number, but the six months to plan the perfect business plan and in theory craft, you know, the model and the customer avatar and all that kind of stuff. And you said we, you know, by that time we had failed six times. We had failed 10 times, right? Uh, which yeah. fail is feedback, meaning we went and tested the idea again and again and again. Um, talk to me about that because I do think that's one of the biggest mistakes we make is we take way too long planning what we think is the perfect idea instead of going out and testing, testing our ideas in the market and getting the feedback from it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, and I think it really came naturally because we didn't have that much money and we were not, um, it was going to be hard to raise money for us. Um, we were in Montreal. Now it's a very like hot place right now to raise. Like a lot of startups are, are coming out of Montreal now. Uh, but ten years ago, it wasn't that obvious that uh, a company like Montreal from non-Montrealers could actually, you know, grow and, and scale around the world. And so we had little money, um, and we had to make it happen. So we were living out of bread and water, um, and so we knew that we had eighteen months. So how? You know, we had to we had to make it happen. It didn't we didn't we didn't have any other choice. So I think yeah, yeah. by having by having constant pressure, you have you're forced to take decisions that when you have when you raise money, basically you don't necessarily you're a bit more comfortable. And that's what's happening now. We raise a lot of money, and it's a lot. It's we you know it, it's you, you're becoming a bit more complacent, you know, with money mm. because you know that's in the bank. But when it's not there. It forces you to, to 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 make the right decisions, and I think that really allowed us to 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 transition. Not only that, but not being from the industry, because the thing is, when sometimes when you know a particular industry extremely well, um, you think that you have all the answers um, when you want to create something, and that's not necessarily true. Very very smart people have been very very wrong, <laughs> yeah. and 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 so this is when you, I think you have to have the humility to admit when you're wrong. Um, and when you have that humility to say, okay, I'm, I'm messing up here. <laughs> this, this is not going to work. Um, we need to pivot and let's pivot. Let's pivot until we get it. So I, I, we, we really see this as a, you know, as a, as a key opener, you know, like every, every single step of the, of the business that we are right now, you know, like, the, because there are different steps in a business and, mm. and every time it's an, another level and it feels like it's a more complex door to open and you gotta get it right. Right. And sometimes you just you know, molding that key for that key, for that door to open. Um, and that's where, that's where we are today. That's where we were when we first started. Um, but you gotta be smart enough to say, Hey, and, and admit your mistakes and have that humility to really like change. Yeah. Um, 
your business has been around for a good many years and has grown uh, to a massive scale. And so what I'm curious about is as you reflect back on, what is it, 10, 10 11 years? Is that about how long you guys have had this business? Um, well, soon, well, 11 years, yeah. 11, 11 years, years, yeah. Yeah. Um, what kind of chapters, like how do, you, how do you think back on it? Were there stages? Like, yeah, I think of it kind of like there were the first four years that were getting up and going, improving the model. And then from there, it was kind of these, these next few years were kind of characterized by this. Like what comes to mind if you were to separate it into kind of stages or seasons yeah. of the business? Yeah. Uh, I think that the, the first chapter was um, to validate the business model because when we first started, like the, our business model was not the norm in the industry. And now it is, it just became the norm hmm. uh, in the industry. So I think it was that. And the, so th that that was the first one, and I would say I, I would put it at the same time with um, yeah, that's the first one. What is it? The business model. The second one was like let's switch profitability because we raised some money. We raised uh, we raised like around four hundred fifty thousand US six hundred Canadian at the time, and so that that wasn't enough, you know, to really scale to 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 and, and do everything we wanted to do. So. You know, it was so hard to raise money that we were like, okay, we need to get to profitability. So it mm. took us another year, I would say, to really get to profitability. So getting the business, um, the, 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 you know, like the ideal business model was the first one. The second one, I would say, was um, getting to, to profitability. Um, and then it was about scaling. How do we scale? Because we pretty much opened all around um, the U.S. Um, uh, sorry, all around the world, but in the U.S., because we knew that the cost of a mistake in the U.S. was more expensive. You can't, you can't go and test in the U.S. The, 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 huh. the cost of a mistake is more expensive. So you test in small countries like Canada, Australia, in English, because you know that if it works there, big chances are that it's also going to work in, in, in a similar market like the U.S. What, is that, what does that mean that the cost of the mistake is more in the U.S.? Well, you know, a, a good example is like to buy traffic, like buy cost, user acquisition is a lot more, more expensive in the U.S. than it is in other countries. And so if you want to test assumptions on a cost per acquisition and LTV, obviously you, you got to you gotta have certain volume. And if you want volume, you better start in a country where the cost of acquisition is, is, is lower because you're going to make mistakes. Yeah. Right. What's the, what's the chapter you think you're in now? <laughs> Uh, right now, the chapter I would say um, is um, we've been very good at monetizing, and right now we 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 need to get better in the product. Like we've been we've been a wholesaler all this time, pretty much selling to job boards, and now we're becoming a uh, a retailer. And so it's a different. You know, we were selling clicks. Now we're pretty much selling hires. When you're mm -hmm. selling clicks. You know, it's pretty easy, but when you sell hires and, you know, like you have, you're starting to have customers that tell you, Hey, your product doesn't work. I didn't make a hire. That's when our team is right now working on like making sure that we match the candidates with the right employers and vice versa. So this is what everything that we're working on right now is on that front. The, 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 the era that just pretty much started last year was, um, going from, from selling clicks to selling hires and making mm. sure that, you know, that, that, well, we do this transaction in the, in the, in the right manner. So this is the area that we're right now. That's a big undertaking. <laughs> no, yeah, it, it definitely is. And, and we're lucky enough that the market, 
allows for you know we're not in a you know in in a one player takes it all type of market um and so the good thing is like when candidates look for jobs they look in several places and employers have a incentive as well to diversify their um their recruitment spend and so this allowed us really allowed us to really start from you know being average as a product because they, as long as you have candidates on on your website you can still have clients and we, we started we probably had a terrible product and now we're up there in the top five in in the world and we we hope like the idea right now is we to get in the top three in the next you know couple of years and and then you know uh take a shot at number one let's go heck yeah <laughs> when you go back to the profitability season where that was the the name of the game what was the key right like how, what were the actual some I, I like knowing even just the almost like a case study like where did you find the opportunity to make the business more profitable than it was? Yeah. So we had to really understand our business inside out from when we, we acquired a user and to we monetize a user. What we understood is that we were only going to scale a business, like, a business like ours, a marketplace like ours, if we started to make money while we were sleeping. And so that's why pay-per-click made sense. And so we really had to understand, like, again, I'm going back to our cost, you know, our cost of acquisition. We, we, we had... We aggregated every single job around all around the world, and this was our content. And so we knew that candidates would like to come to our platform because we would have all those jobs, you know, in in, in every single place. Um, but then we needed to make sure that we had the right strategies at the right price to make sure that we would bring um, candidates on the platform. And then we needed to make sure that we had enough advertisers on the other side to make sure that we would cover for those costs. And this is pretty much how we started. Like, okay, now we. We, we're investing into acquiring users. Um, let's make sure that we have enough advertisers. And that's what will happen. Once we got to enough advertisers, it was really a finding the right balance between hiring new people and buying more traffic. And so this is really what allowed us to grow. And we would follow this on, on a live basis, you know, that you would see exactly how much um, we have those dashboards till now where you can actually see in a live manner how much does... Um, how many users come to our platform, how much it cost us if they come for free or if you pay, and how much money we generate on a live basis. And those premises haven't changed in 10 years. Wow. Um, are, are, the, are your two friends, are they still involved in the business? Is it still oh, yeah. three? Uh, yeah, the, the three of us are, are, still, uh, are still extremely involved. Like we, you know, like it's, 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 it's we wouldn't, do anything else there's so much fun and the market is so big and we've been able to grow and we're lucky enough to have investors that trust us um and that believe in us so we are we're very very involved the three of us yes yeah what was the what were the you know the benefits i would imagine were obvious but were there any challenges doing business with your friends having three you know having three of you instead of just one person or uh you know those kinds of things uh, the, I think the, the the good thing, I mean, I think you, you have to have a decent emotional intelligence um, when you work with friends. It's not easy. It's not easy. But if if it's done right, it can make it can be make make wonders. You know, it can, like a yeah. lot of spars can come out of it because you trust each other. Um, it you know sometimes I, I hear. Um, you know, only founders, like one founders, like when you're alone and you, like, you feel lonely and you don't have anyone that understands what you're going through. And sometimes you're not even your partner. Um, there are things you don't want to express to your partner 
your insecurities, like the, 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 the stress of the business that could go down or all the, all the issues that happen on a day to day. Um, and I think that this, I heard that those things can be hard and I can ima imagine myself being alone and I, I would find it very hard. And the reality is because with the three of us, um, it really helps. Like it really helps because when we have doubts, when we're down, there's, so, there's always, you know, we're always going to pick each other up and like we are like have our own psychologists, I would say, or coaches. And that helps a lot. And also it keeps us in check, you know, like you know, when you yeah. start having success, it's very easy to just like, you know, oh, I'm, you know, I'm doing well here, um, <laughs> you know, and your head can start growing. And, uh, and I think that we've been very good. Oh, we tried at least to be, to be very diligent and, 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 and tell the other, hey, uh, be careful here, man. <laughs> We're not curing cancer here, so chill. Um, <laughs> I and love I think that. that but, but then on the other side, there are challenges, 100%. And, and we always said, like, we would keep running this business as three until, we, until the, the disadvantages will overtake the advantages of, of running the three. We're very aware of that. And so while we grow, we start seeing, you know, like cracks, you know, like where we are, there are blind spots that we don't, we don't see because with the three of us and sometimes there is a bit of a lack of accountability. And when you start hiring executives, they expect you to be like, you know, mm. like very crystal clear on where the, where the, the business is going, the strategy and, 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 you know, speaking one voice. And sometimes it's hard. You know, also the speed of execution can also be um, com complex. So we, we, we are certainly, you know, like very aware um, of those challenges and, and, and the great things that happen because the reality is where we are because we're, we're the three of us. Um, right. And then I would say as a last thing, yeah, we, we fight a lot. We did fight a lot. And over, and over the time, you have a lot of scars, right? Because you fight, at the end of the day, you fight with your brothers um, and, and, and it's not easy. It doesn't, it doesn't get easier with time. I'm, I'm closing 40 now. And, uh, and you know, like there are things that you don't want to do anymore. You just don't want to scream like you used to when you were in your twenties. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so this, this is, this is not easy, but we, we also evolving at the same time. We're aging at the same time and we respect a lot more as well. Um, mm. and so they are, they are, they are brothers to me. Like, so that's, that's, that's definitely, you gain, you really gain. Uh, two family members in, on on the way, and so that's uh, that's uh, that's something that uh, I would yeah, I would I would always I be very that. proud of. Yeah, man, I love that. I, I resonate deeply. I think to me, as I look back, the most important part, outside of my wife and kids, of my story has always been my my friend group and the things that we've done together, and even now the business I run is uh, I run with my best friend. You know, my kids mm -hmm. call him Uncle Jordan. You know, and, and, and vice versa. Um, yeah. So I, I, I agree with you. I see more of the power in that. If you have healthy relationships, like you said, if you can be emotionally intelligent, if you can navigate the stress that that's going to put on the relationship, I've only found it to be better. It's, it's, it's having a trusted person in your corner, you know, as you pursue yeah. these things together. What I'm curious about next for you is knowing that you started this together in your late twenties, it sounds like, and yeah. now you are a family man with three kids <laughs> and just in general, not even about the friendship, but in general, how has your approach to kind of business changed? Has it made you think about balance more or take certain things more seriously or less seriously now that life has kind of evolved and expanded for you? 
it's 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 yeah it's an interesting question for sure because this is the kind of question that we always that I mean, the, the kind of things that it's that are always in our minds right we for a long time we actually didn't we just had business angels and just like three years ago actually for the first time we ran a process for those business angels and, and institutional investors came in and so this is where we realize okay uh it's a different ball game now like we depend on you know we, we gotta show a bit more pressure you know like for sure now we had a uh around uh just earlier this year series b round and so it puts a bit more pressure on that as well and uh you know, you, you realize that you were running a business one way, um, but the expectations are somewhere else. How to put it? Like, we were pretty much an NCAA, <laughs> you know, um, team. And now suddenly we are an NFL team, you know. And so mm-hmm. they expect us, we're in the NFL. And so they expect us to run everything like in the NFL. Um, as opposed to a, you know, it's not this regional <laughs> private league, you know, that you were at the time. And so the, the the stakes are higher, and and the pressure is definitely higher. Well, so you were just mentioning the difference in the business being somewhat like the you know college football for a minute, and now being the expectation going to being an NFL team. Exactly, yeah. And so the expectation is exactly that. It's so being an NFL team, and you know, like we got to pretty much the NFL by having amazing offense, mm-hmm. um, but our, our, you know the rest of the team is pretty much. And on, on another level, because we didn't have the resources, the company was always profitable to really put the, 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 the right resources into, into the rest of the team, basically. And that's what we've done. You know, like we, we've, we've created this uh, amazing, you know, senior management team now and we're closing in on, on, on the last hires there to really help us going to that next level, really compete um, on the, on the, on, you know, on this, on this category, because otherwise it's, we're not going to make it because like, as founders, we have our special powers, um, but we are not the best at, at everything and, and far from that, actually. And so the idea now is really to, um, you know, we have the vision. We know where this company has to go, but we, we, we know there are people in every single function of our business that can execute a lot better than we, than we can and that have done it in the past and that are looking for this opportunity to actually take, you know, our company to another level and then, and so that's what we're doing right now. But at the same time, it definitely looks like, you know, we're taking a step back in a sense that, you know, before you were actually, making, you know, scoring touchdowns and now you're the coach. Um, and so it's a transition that I'm realizing that when talking to founders that not everyone, not everyone is comfortable with, right? And so these are the discussions that we're having right now. It's like, okay, so how do we go on about this? What's the best way to, to, for, for the company to really, get to the next level you know is it like should you operate should me operate should i operate here uh what should i do what what makes sense this is the kind of questions that we go to bed every time thinking about that because mm. that's the, the the biggest fear right now is not to be able to deliver on the vision that we that we that we that we that we talk to our investors and so right now we need to make sure that we'll double down our our efforts to, to make this happen Absolutely. And it, while you're doing all of that, wrestling with these questions, how do we evolve? How do we grow? What's my role? What's your role? You've also yeah. got a, you've also got a family. What does a yeah. day, what does a day look like for you? How do you, how do you manage both right now? I would lie if I would say that I manage it well today. Um, I just think it's, it's hard because there is a lot of, um, 
there's a lot of work. There's a lot of travel involved. Um, and uh, it's, 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 it's not easy. Let's put yeah. it this way. So I, w- I would lie if I'd say that, oh, it's, it's perfect. No, I have my share of discussions with my partner where we, where we meet and like, you know, put boundaries of what, I, you know, what I can and what I cannot do because otherwise it could hurt the family. And I think this is, this is one thing that as, as, as a founder and as a growing company, and as a co-CEO um, that you, you you need to balance with. And so there are some sacrifices that need to be made and that um, and that is something that is part of the job. Um, mm. You know, like, to, you know, it's, it's just not easy. Like today, like it was the first day of school, my, my, my kids and I was traveling, you know, like, and, uh, and it, it's just, it's, it's, you know, yeah. When you think about it, you, your eyes get all tear, tear, <laughs> right? Because you know that yeah. you, you're missing out, you know? And so these are the things that, that you gotta be conscious about not to not to go too far but at the same time you know um duty calls so it's it's a tough one to answer to be fair to here <laughs> yeah yeah I, yeah I appreciate you being honest it's it's i think how we all feel where when you have something you care about that is also providing for your family you know it's meeting yeah. kind of multiple things like it's something you care about that you know is important yet it, and it's also the thing that is providing for your family yeah. and that thing can also take you away from your family. And that's just yeah. a very, that's a difficult thing. Like I'm doing this for you guys, yet it's also yeah. taking me away from you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I appreciate you sharing on that. I think we can all relate as, as entrepreneurs and founders to that. Um, in terms of learning, this is something I, I just, I always like to ask, what has been some of the best influences for you learning wise as a founder, as a business person, are there any books? Are there any things that, uh, really has shaped or guided you? I think that before, <laughs> before um, I was a founder, I'd say um, I used to read a lot of books um, about general business or entrepreneurs. And then I was realized like, okay, I think you got to do it as opposed to just read <laughs> yeah. about it, you know? Yeah. Um, because that, that's, you know, like you can only relate things when, when you experience them. So um, over time, at first it was really Ben, my, my, I'm actually the co-founders and first Ben, because he had this, you know, like I would say the first thing I learned, like, you know, Benjamin was, um, this guy that would dream and that, that knew about business models and a bit like a la Elon Musk reads about everything, understands about every single subject from physics to, you know, math and from every engineering, pretty much everything. And he's able to you know, create new business idea by, you know, putting everything together. Um, and so I really learned a lot from him actually, like, about like, Hey, what's the business model behind great idea? What's the business model? Behind? So I learned a lot from him because you already had it in him. It was that good. Um, and I, I learned from Max that you, you can achieve anything in this world. Um, and so that really, so that really inspired me from day one, you know, like I, I come from a, from an immigrant family and Spanish immigrant family in Switzerland. Um, and you know, like you, 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 it's very easy to put boundaries, um, and thinking that you can't achieve things because you're not part of a certain Mm. circle or whatever. And that's, these are imaginary walls that you're putting in front of you. And that Max made me realize that. And so the early years, I really learned a lot. I keep learning from my friends. And then I would say now I, I feed myself from, you know, very specific 
uh, podcasts or uh, audiobooks. I'm really into audiobooks because I can't do one thing only. So I always have to yeah, do two same. things at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, probably without generation. And so I, uh, I definitely read a lot about every single subject matter um, from tech to politics and uh, economy. So I, I, that's how I learn and I keep current. And uh, I think that, that we're extremely lucky to live in this, uh, in, in this generation where we can actually learn by ourselves. Um, and so that's how it's, I get inspired by reading, listening about others and, 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 and really understand about like, okay, so, you know, reading about specific books um, that talk about our specific, um, you know, where we are today as a company, like how to get to that next level and things mm-hmm. like this. These are things that really, that really get me going. I love it, man. I love it. And Audible has been amazing. Being able to have it on <laughs> in the background or put it to one and a half times speed. And uh, I just, I love it. What Honestly. what are a few of your favorites right now that you could recommend to our audience? And it can be a, it can be business, it could be personal, it could be politics, whatever you you just feel like was really helpful for you. Oh, you mean at a, you mean as a, as a podcast? It um, can be podcast or a book. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm huge into I'm really big into podcasts right now. Like that's what I do the most. Um, and so my favorite um, my favorite of all time is the Journal from the Wall Street Journal. Like. Mm-hmm that's my absolute it's, it's a daily one and i absolutely love it like cool. I'm, I'm not i don't live in the us but it's our biggest market and this is where you know like all of our um you know like sales a lot of our sales are also their product is there as well and so just to be current to what happens in the us i i, I listen to the journal it really keeps me current um, the A16Z podcast, that's great. Uh, TechCrunch Tech Daily, Masters of Scale. Um, uh, what well, else? Um, of scale. Yeah, Is that Re- Reed Master Hoffman? Scale. Yeah, from Reed Hoffman. And obviously, yeah. he's a founder in our industry as well, right? So um, he, he really understands the marketplaces. Mm. Um, then I'm, I'm, I listen to Bankless as well, on the, on the, more on the, on the crypto side of things, which I found like, extremely interesting. Mm. Um, and then dude, anything... Anything fine. Intelligence matters. The economists, like literally, like there's a gazillion amount of podcasts that I listen to. I think I spent at least an hour a day listening to podcasts. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's great. <laughs> Man, the thing that I love about podcasts is that it's long form conversation. It, there's just an amount. There's a certain nuance that can be had in that format of conversation that sometimes can't be had in other forms of communication. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, hundred percent. No, I, I totally agree with you. And uh, I feel like you always come out like you always sleep a bit smarter. I I don't know. Yeah. It's just like, and it's and, and every day I learn something new from a podcast. I just and for me it was really during the pandemic, a bit like you. You said you started during the, the pandemic, right? And so like like at that moment, like for me as an extrovert, it was really hard to be in closed doors. I was in Montreal at the time and um and started to listen to. Uh, uh, a lot of podcasts and, and that was really my, it was my, my remedy for my depression <laughs> during, the, during those days. Absolutely, man. So last question. And then before we let you go, I know that you're, you're a busy man and I appreciate your time today. What's the, what's the big hope you have right now looking forward for this business? You know, I know you mentioned going from the top five to the top three. Is that the kind of primary focus right now what's what's the thing that's got the three of you excited as you look forward into the future yeah there was there is, there is a big bet right and the big like what's happening in long medium to long term and there is the immediate when you think about the immediate right now is really what I was telling you is like how 
really nailing that transition from a wholesaler to a retailer um, and really owning that vertical in the job space. And this is really, this is what really, um, that's the only thing I'm thinking about currently. Now for the longer term, um, we have this dream of having an IPO, like in terms of revenues, we're already there, we could already IPO, but we're not there in terms of how professional the company is and mm. the predictability the com- in terms of compliance as well, legal, we're not there yet. And this is one thing that we we'll want to do, but on the long term, uh, you know, we're like, we're like, I am specifically a huge competitor. I love to compete. That really is what, what motivates me and what makes me wake up in the morning. Um, and so being able to, to become a leader in our industry is, uh, what made us so resilient. And so I think that's, uh, that's really something that, uh, that, uh, that we, we thrive towards. Heck yeah. Well, Lucas, man, thank you so much for taking time across the world to be with us today. Uh, I'm super inspired by you and your friends. The, the story of three friends starting this from scratch, taking on major competitors out there in the world and showing that you're here for the long haul is so inspiring. So appreciate you, man. I appreciate your wisdom and your vulnerability with us today. Drew, thanks a lot for being here. And I hope your listener will appreciate the, the conversation. Take good Absolutely. care. Absolutely. Founders, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and hop into our monthly founder email so we can ensure you stay on the edge of peak performance and massive business results.